Aunt Josephat, King of Judah, to go with him to fight against the Arameans and recapture the Gilead. And Josephat can't say no, and so he says yes. And uh, well, my people and horses are just like yours. And so he commits himself to going. Uh, he really had that in the wrong order. Uh, because we'll see that the next thing he says is really the first thing he should have said. So, First uh, Kings 22, 5-12. Moreover, Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, Please inquire first for the, word, for the word of the Lord. Then the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, about 400 men, and said to them, Shall I go against Ramoth Gilead to battle, or shall I refrain? And they said, Go up, for the Lord will give it into the hand of the king. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there not a prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of him? The king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, There is yet one man by whom we may inquire of the Lord, but I hate him, because he does not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. He is Micaiah, a son of Imlah. But Jehoshaphat said, Let not the king say so. Then the king of Israel called an officer and said, Bring quickly Micaiah, son of Imlah. Now the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, were sitting each on his throne, arrayed in their robes, at the threshing floor at the entrance of the gate of Samaria, and all the prophets were prophesying before them. Then Zedekiah, the son of Chenanei, made horns of iron for himself, and said, Thus says the Lord, With these you shall gore the Arameans until they are consumed. All the prophets were prophesying thus, saying, Go up to Ramoth Gilead and prosper, for the Lord will give it into the hand of the king. Okay. So, Jehoshaphat says, Now please inquire first for the word of the Lord. <coughs> he should have inquired first for the word of the Lord before he committed himself to go with Ahab. It makes you even wonder a little bit why he cares. If he's already going, does it matter what the word of the Lord says? But, you know, I think we sometimes are like that. We make up our mind what we're going to do, maybe even make a commitment or agreement or sign a contract or whatever, and then we want to know what God's Word says about it. What would be our motive to want to know what God's Word says about it after we've already decided what we're going to do? Confirmation that we did the right thing. Exactly. It's more comforting to know the, the decision we made actually the Lord was okay with. So I think Josephat, more or less, is wanting to find out that the Lord is good with this. <laughs> um, so he wants to, to hear from the word of the Lord. Well, Ahab has no problem with that. He's got, uh, you know, 400 prophets on the payroll who will tell him just what he wants to hear. And uh, this whole prophetic extravaganza, you know, impresses Ahab, not Josephat. Uh, because there was that said, yeah, but you know, why about a prophet of the Lord we could talk to? You know, this whole uh, you know, 400 prophets of Baal on salary for the government, well, of course that's what they said, you know, go up and succeed. So, what does Ahab say as far as a prophet of the Lord they might turn to? There's yeah. one guy. There's one. Yeah. Well, there is. However, I hate him. I hate him. <laughs> Why? 
Because he always says bad things about me. Yes. Wow. I mean, that's what you really don't want. You know, a prophet who's going to say something negative and critical. You know, if you're going to have a prophet, make sure you get one that'll tell you what you want to hear, right? Is that, is that the same thing you do in doctors? You know, you don't want a doctor who's going to tell you you've got some disease or some ailment. You know, hire a doctor who's always positive. Oh, yeah, no, you're good, no problem. Yeah, well, what about this, all these, well, it's not a problem, it's that, that lump is not really cancer and this and that. You know, that's stupid. Why even go to the doctor if you hire a doctor who will only tell you good news regardless of the facts in the case? So, he doesn't like him. You know, think about the way churches are today. What kind of atmosphere do churches sell themselves as having? Friendly. Friendly. No judging. Non-judgmental. That is almost the uh, buzzword. I, I just saw a church's website, and and their their kind of their subtitle. No perfect people welcome here. <laughs> of course, that's a roundabout way of saying we're good with no matter what you do. You know, we're not going to condemn you, we're not going to judge you, we're not going to look down on you. Uh, because, you know, you talk about sin, and that's kind of offensive, you know. And so, you know, we don't want a word from God that challenges or confronts us. We just want a word that affirms us. You know, it makes us feel better. And people say, I don't go to church to feel down, to feel bad. I go to church to feel good. I go to church to be lifted up. And what good is church if you don't feel good after you've been there? Well, that's kind of the way Ahab is with his prophets. What good's a prophet that you feel guilty after he's talked to you? He wants a positive prophet. So he said, there's this guy, but uh, I hate him. And, uh, but Joseph had said, no, no, let's, let's hear from him. And so they, they bring, you know, Micaiah. Meanwhile... As Ahab and Jehoshaphat are sitting there, <laughs> these court prophets are all prophesying. And I'll tell you who the, who the good speaker is among them. It's this Zedekiah guy. What does he do? He's a visual aid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. He makes himself horns of iron and then says, God says you're going to rout the Armenians like this. Yes. Exactly. You know, he sports a pair of iron horns and performs some kind of an ox-goring charade and says, this is, this is going to be the way you're going to do the Arameans. You know, church is just so much fun when Zedekiah is there. You know, it's just, it's just great. You know, it's, uh, it's entertaining. You never know what he's going to come up with next. Isn't he a great speaker? Man, he's just a fine, fine prophet. You know, and uh, so that's, that's, the, that's what's going on. And... Uh, you know, we really need to think about ourselves. What kind of what kind of um, what kind of people do we like to listen to when it comes to uh, getting advice about our spiritual situation? Do we go to the people we think will probably be really plain and direct with us, or do we go to the people we feel more comfortable? The people who always tell us things that we feel good about. You know, I mean, you notice that if it hadn't been for Jehoshaphat, Ahab would never have consulted Micaiah. 
He did not care at all for what he said. It ought to, it ought to really make you think when the true prophet of God always says bad things about you. <laughs> all right, comments or questions? wonder why he didn't think of Elijah. I don't know. Like we've seen him interact with him a lot more. Yeah, I don't know. But there are other prophets, obviously, besides Elijah. All the other prophets said that claimed that the Lord would give them the victory also. Well, absolutely. I mean, would you expect the false prophets to say, uh, you know, Satan told me you'd win? Maybe Baal. Yeah, but you know Jehoshaphat's there. So they really need to get this uh, in the Lord's name. Baal might have been good enough for Ahab. And it looks like it's the regular case Lord, not Jehovah Lord, based on verse 6. Uh, maybe in verse 6, but go what up, about in verse 12? The Lord, um, 12 ah, actually, yeah. So yeah, they're saying Jehovah even. But I mean, you know, what do people say? I mean, you listen to these preachers that are full of, you know, words of comfort. They say, well, the, the Lord tells you this, and the Lord's saying that, and God spoke through me. And I mean, they will, they will do it up in a way that sounds very much like it's authentic. What would you expect the devil to do? You know, if he's going to be a wolf coming in among the sheep, what's he going to dress up like? A sheep! You know? <laughs> so... Other thoughts? He obviously had an opinion of why, uh, you know, this prophet was actually a prophet of the Lord. He, but it also says he always prophesies evil concerning me. But if he had done that, then he ought to know that he was right. <laughs> Should have. Unless those things hadn't happened yet. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, are we sometimes conflicted in a way we believe, but we don't want to do it, so we kind of don't. But yes, we really do, but no, we don't. And, you know, I mean, I, it's so funny when Ahab dresses up like this ordinary soldier. I mean, what does that tell you? Why did he dress up like an ordinary soldier? You know, we know the story, so. Because he believed the prophecy. Yeah, I mean... There's no other reason, you know. He's doing this because Micaiah said they'd strike the shepherd and the sheep would be scattered. He doesn't want to look like the shepherd. You know, if God's going to kill the king, then he'll disguise himself and God will never know. I mean, I don't know. How do you think God's sharp enough to be able to kill the king but not enough to penetrate your disguise? It's like, we do things like that. That like, well, So you think the Lord will punish you, so you think if you, if you hide this, he won't know. That way you won't get punished. It's like, wait a minute. You know, you think he's got enough to punish, but not enough, God enough to find out what you're hiding. I don't know. I think we do some of that. Well, uh, how about uh, 13 to 28? 
Then the messenger who went to summon Micaiah spoke to him, saying, Behold now, the words of the prophets are uniformly favorable to the king. Please let your word be like the word of one of them, and speak favorably. But Micaiah said, As the Lord lives, what the Lord says to me, that I will speak. When he came to the king, the king said to him, Micaiah, Shall we go up to Ramoth-Gilead to battle, or shall we refrain? And he answered him, Go up and succeed, and the Lord will give you it into the hand of the king. Then the king said to him, How many times must I adjure you to speak to me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? So he said, I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains, like sheep which have no shepherd. And the Lord said, These have no master. Let each of them return to his house in peace. Then the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, Did I not tell you that he would, would not prophesy good concerning me, but evil? <coughs> Micaiah said, Therefore hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, and all the hosts of heaven standing by him, and on the right hand and on his left. And the Lord said, Who will entice Ahab to go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? And one said this while, another said that. So then a spirit came forward and stood before the Lord, and said, I will entice him. And the Lord said to him, How? And he said, I will go out and be a deceiving spirit in the mouth of all of his prophets. And he said, You are to entice him and also prevail. Go and do so. Now therefore, the Lord, behold, the Lord has put a deceiving spirit in the mouth of all the, these your prophets, and the Lord has proclaimed disaster upon you. Then Zedekiah, the son of Chinaiah, no, came near and struck Micaiah on the cheek and said, How did the Spirit of the Lord pass from me to speak to you? Micaiah said, Behold, you shall see on the day when you enter an inner room to hide yourself. Then the kings of Israel said, Take Micaiah and return, to, return him to Ammon, the governor of the city, and to Joash the king's son, and say, Thus says the king, Put this man in prison and feed him sparingly with bread and water until I return safely. Micaiah said, If you indeed return safely, the Lord has not spoken by me. And he said, Listen, all you people. Well, Micaiah's given instructions. You know, here's the line. You know, here's what you're supposed to say. Please say the same thing these other guys are saying. You know what's good for you? You know, because Ahab wants only prophetic yes-men. And so you you just, here's, here's your line. You know, recite it. And Micaiah says, I'll tell what the Lord said. But then he comes up to the king. The king says to him, Micaiah, shall we go to Ramoth Gilead to battle or shall we refrain? Now, this is a challenge. Because look at what he says in verse 15 and what Ahab says back in verse 16. Now on the surface, what Micaiah says is what Ahab wanted him to say, right? It's what had been scripted. He recited the lines. So why is Ahab complaining? might have had a bit of a sarcastic tone of voice. <laughs> That's my guess. I don't think he thinks the way Micaiah said this, that it will have a chance of convincing Jehoshaphat. I'm assuming, I don't know, here's how I picture the scene. I don't know if this is really the way it was. But I'm picturing that we've got this long line of prophets. And they bring Micaiah in, you know, so he can kind of see the program, you know, he can see what's going on. And so one after one, go up and succeed. Go up and succeed. Go up and succeed. You know, he's hearing this over and over and over again. 
And uh, so so they come to him, you know, and, and they have asked him, go up and succeed. You know, and say it too. But I'm, I'm thinking that he said it in a voice or tone or a mannerism or something that, well, yeah, he's just reciting the line. You know, he can recite it too. Because otherwise, Ahab would have said, oh, awesome! Wow, God's really behind this. <laughs> or whatever. But instead he said, I told you. How many times did I tell you to tell me the truth? Well, you know, Micaiah hadn't gotten the memo. The truth he wants? Well, in that case, verse 17, I saw all Israel scatter the mountains like sheep which have no shepherd. The Lord said, "They these have no master. They each of them return to his house in peace. Now, if the truth's what he wants, that's, and I was like, I told you. He didn't ever say good to me. So clearly whatever he said back in verse 15 was said in a way that, that was not credible. Thoughts and comments through 18. I wonder if it was something as, I, I kind of lean towards sarcasm too, um, but I'm wondering if it's something as simple as he didn't begin, thus saith the Lord, go up and succeed. And I mean, you know, he didn't. He never said it was yeah. what God said. So I, you know, he is he is saying what they told him to say. <laughs> you know, that was the script. <laughs> so uh, Micaiah explains what was happening with these false prophets. God wanted to bring Ahab down. And so he wanted somebody to get Ahab to go fight against Ramoth Gilead, where he's going to be defeated and killed. And one spirit came forward and said, I'll, I'll entice him. And, you know, one said, well, how are you going to entice Ahab to do that? He said, well, I'm going to be this deceiving spirit in the mouth of all the prophets, so that they will say something that will deceive Ahab. That's why these false prophets were prophesying what they were. They're being used by God to deceive Ahab. <laughs> That's really the truth of this. And uh, Zedekiah is mad about it. You know, he's, he hits Micaiah. <laughs> when you don't have an argument, resort to blows. You know, and, you know, he said, how did the Spirit of the Lord pass from me to you? You know, who, who made you a prophet? When, when, when did the Spirit leave me and come into you? You know, he obviously doesn't respect Micaiah. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, Ahab sentences Micaiah to what? Bread and water diet in prison. Until? Comes back. Until he comes back. Now, what is Ahab trying to do right there? Insurance. Yeah, insurance. That's right. What did you say? Trying to get them to take it back? Well, think of how's this insurance? What's he thinking? If, if Micaiah is telling a lie, yeah, then when he comes back, he'll have him to execute. 
I, I think he's. I don't think that's quite what he's trying he's to do. Thinking the Lord won't let him die because he's taking care of his prophet, and I've got his prophet in prison, and I'm gonna you know, leave him there till I come back. And he's so almost. He's, he's holding him hostage. He's, exactly. He's saying, okay, God, I have your prophet. Makai is almost a human shield here. You know that God can't afford to let Ahab die because that'll mean Micaiah can't get out of prison. So almost, it's not exactly blackmail, but you know, it's kind of this manipulation of God. There's one big problem, well, several big problems like the Lord, <laughs> but there's also another big problem with Ahab's reasoning in that. What's that? Well, once he's dead, then like his order's <laughs> dead too. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, who cares what somebody who's dead told you to do? But Micaiah said, look, you know, if you come back, I'm not a prophet. <laughs> You're not coming back. Uh, and that's, of course, the way that was. So. It sounds like a little kid trying to, like, reverse psychology their parents. I mean, <laughs> they have no idea what they're doing and how over their head they are. Ahab yeah. is like a little kid a lot. You're exactly right. They have actually a little kid syndrome. At the end of verse 28, who is it that says, listen all you people? Who's I think Micaiah. Okay. Other thoughts? Well, the uh, interesting battle, 29 to 40. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, went up against Ramoth Gilead. The king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, I will disguise myself and go into battle, but you put on your robes. So the king of Israel disguised himself and went into the battle. <coughs> now the king of Aram had commanded the thirty-two captains of his chariots, saying, Do not fight with small or great, but with the king of Israel alone. So when the captains of the chariots saw Jehoshaphat, they said, Surely it is the king of Israel. And they turned aside to fight against him. And Jehoshaphat cried out. When the captains of the chariots saw that it was not the king of Israel, they turned back from pursuing him. Now a certain man drew his bow at random and struck the king of Israel in a joint of the armor. So he said to the driver of his chariot, Turn around and take me out of the fight, for I am severely wounded. The battle raged that day, and the king was propped up in his chariot in front of the Arameans, and died at evening, and the blood from the wound ran into the bottom of the chariot. Then a cry passed throughout the army close to sunset, saying, Every man to his city, and every man to his country. So the king died and was brought to Samaria, and they buried the king in Samaria. They washed the chariot by the pool of Samaria, and the dogs licked up his blood. Now the harlots bathed themselves there, according to the word of the Lord which he spoke. Now the rest of the acts of Ahab, and all that he did, and the ivory house which he built, and all the cities which he built, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel? So Ahab slept with his fathers, and Ahaziah his son became king in his place. Ahab and Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat went to battle. You know, it just, wow, it didn't do a bit of good to find out what the word of the Lord was. Didn't change anything for it. Why bother if you're not going to follow it? Seems so insisting. Wouldn't even listen to those court problems. No, I want a prophet of the Lord. He hears what the prophet of the Lord says. Doesn't, doesn't face him. Because he's already made up his mind. He's already committed himself. He's already given his word. So he's not going to go back on it. If, if you hear the word and you don't act on it, like looking in a mirror and not changing anything. You see your, your face is all dirty, but you don't clean it. Well then it do you any good to look in the mirror? What good does it do you to hear the word if you're not going to put it in practice? So, you know, this is really disappointing to see Jehoshaphat after being so 
insistent. We've got to hear from a prophet of God. He doesn't do what the prophet of God says. And Ahab goes out in disguise and tells Jehoshaphat, and you go out like the king. Do you, I mean, Jehoshaphat at this juncture looks like he's got a screw or two loose. What in the world was he thinking? Wow. That's just bizarre. And, and, and why did Ahab disguise himself? Because he's worried about Micaiah's prophecy. That's why. And, uh, but you can't outwit the Lord. Proverbs 19.21, many plans are in a man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord will stand. You know, the Lord is the one who will ultimately have the counsel that stands. So it doesn't matter if Ahab, you know, doesn't put on his royal robes, goes incognito. God can find him no matter what. And, and it's interesting, sure enough, the Syrian king has targeted Ahab. Just go for him. Now remember what Ahab had done for Ben-Hadad back a while back? Well, this is fine payback, isn't it? You know, wow. That, that's, that's, that was really a smart move on his part. You know, let him go. And here's how he feels about it. Only kill Ahab. Well, Ben-Hadad, Ben-Hadad's plan to kill Ahab fails. Ahab's plan not to be killed fails. Because what happens? A random bow shot. Ching! And of all things, how in the world did that arrow happen to find the cheek, chink, in Ahab, a.k.a. ordinary soldier's armor? This is nothing. This is just a random whatever. God is so amazing. You can't escape from him. You know, whatever you try, he's... You know, half a dozen steps ahead of you. And so Ahab slowly bleeds to death. And that's the end of Ahab. Do we know where exactly it hit him? Uh, well, I said the two always down. it in his shoulder, but I don't think it says so. No, <laughs> in the joint of, his, of the armor. I've envisioned in his midsection, but I don't <laughs> yeah, know. That Mine says between the scale armor and his breastplate. Oh, okay. So it could be side. And why didn't somebody try to come help him? Why did they just leave him propped up in his chariot to die? That just seems... Well, what else are you going to do? Well, at least take him out of the chariot. Well, I think he probably wants to be there for moral support for the troops. Take him to the hospital? He <laughs> <laughs> knew it was over. Yeah, you know, have him do uh, some kind of uh, laser surgery or something. <laughs> no, no, but it just seems odd to me that he stays in the chair all day. Do you agree? He just sort of just sits there and maybe no life seeps out. You could have hollered to somebody. Maybe he felt more. I don't know why they like stopped chasing Jehoshaphat, like just because he cried out like I think maybe they could tell it wasn't Jehoshaphat. Maybe yeah. Jehoshaphat was saying, It's Jehoshaphat and I'm not Ahab. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but like <laughs> do they know him? 
Well, well, it was kind of like he's the other commander. Why not? You know, uh, I mean, I well, understand the command was not to kill anyone but the king of Israel. That's true. So. Well, I'm not sure they weren't supposed to kill anyone. <coughs> so I wonder when they found out. He probably didn't look like it. Days later. I mean, you know, just because they're in-laws doesn't I mean they look alike. So maybe Joe's <laughs> thought, well, the prophecy was against Ahab and Israel, so... <laughs> I guess. I'm okay. I guess. That was just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, to go up when he knew it wasn't the Lord's will, that's stupid. One thing I noticed in this chapter is that it's, until the very end, it's always the king of Israel... And his name is not mentioned yeah. until the end. What's what's going on with that? I don't know. That may be, it's probably significant, but I don't know why. Uh, yeah. It's kind of weird. Mm -hmm. Other thoughts? All right, 41 to 53. Now Jehoshaphat, and the son of Asa, became king over Judah in the fourth year of Ahab, king of Israel. Jehoshaphat was 35 years old when he became king, and he reigned 25 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Azuba, and the daughter of Shilhai. And he walked in all the way of Asa his father. He did not turn aside from, from it, doing right in the sight of the Lord. However, the high places were not taken away. The people still sacrificed the burnt incense on the high places. Jehoshaphat also made peace with the king of Israel. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoshaphat and his might, which he showed, and how he warred, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? And the remnant of the Sodomites, who remained in the days of his father Asa, he expelled from the land. Now there was no king in Edom, a deputy was king. Jehoshaphat made ships of Tarshish to go to Ophir for gold, but they did not go, for the ships were broken at Ezion Geber. Then Ahaziah, the son of Ahab, said to Jehoshaphat, Let my servants go with your servants in the ships. But Jehoshaphat was not willing. And Jehoshaphat slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of his father, David. And Jehoram, his son, became king in his place. Ahaziah, the son of Ahab, became king over Israel in Samaria in the seventeenth year of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah. And he reigned two years over Israel. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord, and walked in the way of his father, and all the way, and in the way of his mother, in the way of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who caused Israel to sin. So he served Baal, and worshipped him, and provoked the Lord God of Israel to anger, according to all that his father had done. Alright, so we're finishing up on some of these kings. We've got Jehoshaphat. Um, and let's see, do you remember what number king of Judah Jehoshaphat is? Nope. Not that many, is it? Nope. It's only like four or something. Four. That's it. Asa, I can't remember. Jehoshaphat. Good job! We have Abijah, Asa, Jehoshaphat. So he's just the fourth. They were long-winded. They were. <laughs> yeah, especially Asa. And uh, so he'd, uh, he'd been, uh, there hadn't been many kings uh, through there. He did well 
didn't take away the high places, which they shouldn't have worshipped at after the temple was built, but he still did well. But he made peace with the king of Israel. That wasn't so well. And uh, so, I mean, he gives you where you can turn for more information about him. You know, we usually get that. And uh, he makes these ships of Tarshish to go to Ophir for gold. But they didn't go because the ships were broken at easy on Geber. Now, when we look at the Chronicles account, he was in this shipping naval alliance with Ahaziah, king of Israel. And that seems to be the problem and why the ships were broken up. And then Ahaziah wants to try it again, and he's like, no. <laughs> you know, he's not willing to uh, risk it again. Um, so he, he finally learns... But, you know, he's made way too many alliances with uh, the people of, of Israel and, and Judah. Try to remember, I think it's, uh, where is it in Chronicles? Um, that the ships? That the ships were. Second Chronicles 20, maybe? Yeah, 2035. Second Chronicles 2035. After this, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, allied himself with Ahaziah, king of Israel. He acted wickedly in so doing. So he allied himself with him to make ships to go to Tarshish. And they made ships in Ezion Geber. Then Eliezer, the son of Dodavahu of Merashah, prophesied against Jehoshaphat, saying, Because you have allied yourself with Ahaziah, the Lord has destroyed your work. So the ships were broken and could not go to Tarshish. So when it, all is said and done, Jehoshaphat will have made four alliances. He married his son off to Ahab's daughter, Athaliah. He makes the alliance with Ahab that we've just been reading about with Micaiah and so forth to uh, fight against Ramoth Gilead. He makes this naval alliance with Ahaziah and in 2 Kings 3 he's going to make another alliance with Jehoram son of, of uh, Ahab. Who do what? He makes an alliance with who in 2 Jehoram, son of Ahab. So Jehoshaphat dies. Now we also then look at the very end of this at the beginning of Ahaziah who reigns two years, does evil, serves Baal. What was the big uh, influence in Ahaziah's life to do badly? The way of his father and his mother. Yes, and, and who were his parents? Ahab and Jezebel. Yeah, the lovely Ahab and Jezebel. No wonder he's bad. Now, where are we at with the kings of Israel? Uh, we are, first dynasty was Jeroboam, Jeroboam and Nadab. Nadab. Second dynasty, Basha, um, Elah. Elah. The next dynasty, Zimri, if you can call it that. Next dynasty is Omri, Ahab, Ahaziah. So this is number eight. Number eight in Israel, where well, we got number four in Judah. But the lifespan is just not as long up in the northern kingdom, you know. Ahab yeah, was quite long. Yeah, he was one of the longer ones. Okay, so that is First Kings. Do you have questions or comments? You want to recap the <laughs> the whole the whole book? The, the, the whole book? Nope. <laughs> I'm not a recapper. I'm good to get the first cat put on. <laughs>
Alright, uh, 2 Kings 1, uh, 1 to uh, 8.